When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's back from Boardmaster. Oh, hey, no COVID. <laughs> was it so good? Oh, I hope it was amazing. We all came back with colds, unfortunately. No COVID though, which was brilliant. Um, yeah. But we lived to tell the tale. It was, honestly, it was awesome. It was so much fun. Lots of really great sets. Um, it was so weird though, that first night when we, Foles opened on the Friday night and seeing this like sea of people was just so alien. I cannot explain. Seeing all of these people, mm. most bizarre experience I've ever had in my life. But it was good. That was amazing. It was absolutely it amazing. Yeah, it must have felt really weird seeing all those people. All it was, you got hugging and Yeah, you got used to it, but it was like when you first saw all of the people, the thing that was strangest was when you kind of left the campsite, you could look back and see all the tents. And when you realized that we were all together in the same place, it really felt surreal because obviously we haven't had that for 18 months. So being with 50,000 other people was absolutely bonkers, but it was it was oh, it was absolutely wicked. And of course, you had a glamorous camping place didn't you you didn't stay you didn't rough it you stayed in the nice bit <laughs> well i mean it sounded nice it's in fairness it was nicer but it wasn't kind of what it lived up to they definitely hyped <laughs> yeah. oh well they hyped it up a lot it was nice don't get me wrong it was nice um and we had lots of great facilities that my other mates didn't have which was fantastic and we beat the queues and stuff that was great but in terms of the actual camping aspect it was basically no different so next time you probably would just do the basic camping well, well, no, well, well. You're too posh. No, it's not. It's serious stuff. It's not that. It's because queuing for four hours for a shower is just dreadful. Like, I can't. I mean, how even long, wait, how long was Boardmasters? So it was. We went on Wednesday and we left. It goes till Monday, but we left on Sunday to avoid um, uh, kind yeah. of the rush. I was going to say that is probably a little bit too long then to use wet wipes. It's disgusting. It's and. You've got to remember it's hot. Like it's like it's not, you know, when it's cold, it's fine. But I not sound grim, I didn't so I showered on obviously Wednesday I left. Thursday we had a shower. And by Friday, if you weren't queuing for the showers by 5 a.m. when they opened at seven, you wouldn't have had a shower till like 10, honestly. That's how it was, that's how it was. 
Oh my goodness. I know. So oh, when I've been to festivals before, I've never had a shower, but it's only been a weekend. Ah. And for weekends, you can just dry shampoo and a bit of wet wipe, boof, bath, boof, yeah. done. And you just get on with it. But no, this was a whole different ball game. This required thought and analysis and skill, but we got there. <laughs> I was imagining like a, one of those police reports with the maps and like pins and string hang up on the end. <laughs> Tactically working out when we were going to shower. Oh, we haven't done this in so long. There's so much to talk about. And it's our last episode. I know. So much to discuss. Oh, episode 10. So if you're here for the last time with us and you've been here from the beginning, thank you so much. And if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the others then you need to go back and listen to the others, don't they? Yes, they absolutely should hope. If you've missed any episodes, please catch them all. We've done loads. We're up to 10 now. And we've got two special interviews that we've done as well. So please go and check them out. Lots of fun episodes to listen to um, and lots of laughs to be had. Should we jump into today's stories, Lewis? Let's do it. 100% hope. So we're going to start, of course, you know, the big news of the week. Since we've spoken, which has been three weeks, I think, the Premier League... Three weeks, I know. Three weeks. The Premier League is back and rolling. Oh, do you know what? And I'm, I'm apologising if you're going to say this and I'm jumping forward. But Harry Kane, yesterday, the announcement came. He is not moving teams. Yeah. What do you think about that, Hope? Any thoughts at all? I read, I was at a, I was at a food tasting, as you know. Told you all yeah. about it. And I read it out because it popped up on, my, on Sky News, popped up. And the guy I was with went, who reported that? And I said, oh, Sky News. He went, hmm, Sky Sports. I went, no, Sky News. And he said, I don't think Harry said that because it was quoted. So yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, by the sounds, he will definitely stay now. I think there's no denying it. He will 100% be at Tottenham. And, you know, he came out and posted on his Instagram and various social medias that he was going to stay. Um, very strange, though. I don't know how I would feel about that. I think... You know, it was. it's really obvious through his intentions. He's wanted to leave Tottenham the whole summer. You know, he does not want to be at Spurs. So a lot of the Tottenham fans seem to be quite happy. And, and there's no denying, I'm sure he'll still score them goals. But I would feel very differently if he'd come out and made a massive apology and said, sorry, look, I did want to move. It hasn't happened. But he's kind of played it off like it was all kind of a big facade. And actually, I don't know, I, I would feel quite differently about it yeah. if I was a Tottenham fan. But Actually, Harry, you didn't rock up to training. I'd feel different as a fan and I'd also feel different as his team. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? That he's going to walk straight into the starting lineup. I think that it's difficult because there's no denying he's Tottenham's best player by an absolute country mile, and he is the he's the star man for them. He's the you know the name on the team sheet everyone hopes to see every week. But the trouble is to put him straight back in the team. Well, it's like well, there's been no sanction. There's been no kind of way of saying, look, Harry, this is what you've done. Yes, he's been dropped a couple of you know for the two games, but he came on it on against Wolves on the weekend, like so. And then that could be he could that could end up being like not a role model, but that could then lead other players to do something similar. Exactly, exactly. And it was the way he went about it was just a bit weird. But look, he's staying at Tottenham, so fair play to Tottenham fans. I know lots of Tottenham fans are happy. If there are any Spurs fans listening, let us know what you think about Harry Kane staying. I'm sure you're absolutely buzzing, but do let us know. I'd be intrigued to hear how people are feeling. And you can do that on Twitter if you like. Dummies underscore sports. Other Premier League news, Hope, the big news of the weekend really is Liverpool against Chelsea. That's this game that's coming up on Saturday, 5.30. A massive fixture in the grand scheme of things. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> you just want to cancel, done, off the board. <laughs> very, very scary, Hope, very scary. Aren't Chelsea performing really well at the moment? Yes, they just beat Arsenal 2-0 and they're basically their star signing Lukaku 
um, scored on his debut against Arsenal. He absolutely bullied their defenders. Um, it was a really, really like good performance from them and an even better performance from Lukaku. So, Virgil van Dijk. I hope he didn't give them any insults when he was <laughs> No. Like, you get away, you smell. No, it was insults by literally bodying them or elbowing them. I mean, there was no, there was definitely no verbal. It was 100% all physical. Yeah, and your nose, it's big. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. There was, it was all shoulder to shoulder, proper, you know, no messing about. But look, fair play. I mean, it's going to be a tough game. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be really exciting to watch. And it will kind of defy our seasons, either way it goes Chelsea's way or Liverpool's way. Um, it's a really telling sign of who's going to do well this season. Really big fixture. Do you know what channel it's on? It'll be on Sky, be the main event. Right, I'm going to watch that. Excellent. Secondly... I was listening to BBC Five Live the other day. Sometimes I like to mix it up, you see. Okay, yeah. And they were talking about um, the 606 football show. Yes. And they had a couple of Arsenal fans on there after the game with Chelsea. And one of them was absolutely fuming about the manager, wants to get a new one. And the other one was like, give it a rest. We're not always going to win. What do you think, Lewis? And what is going on? Our Arsenal. Oh my goodness, how much time do we have? I mean, we're going to need a good couple of days to, to analyse Arsenal's problems. Um, give me the dummy rundown. Give me the dummy rundown. Yeah, yeah. We'll, give the, we'll give the sports a dummy's rundown. So Arsenal have currently lost two games on the bounce. They're currently 19th in the Premier League, which, I mean, two games in isn't too bad. But they lost against Brentford, which was a really poor result. They played terribly. So that was the opening game of the Premier League. That was on the Friday night. So that was the opening fixture, big game. None of their players turned up. And in fairness, their two biggest players did have COVID. So it kind of goes both ways. But even still, you know, Brentford have never been in the Premier League before ever. So this is like the biggest event that's ever happened in their in their history, really, as a, as a club. And they got absolutely demolished by a team that just got promoted from the championship. And then they played Chelsea, who lots of fans were hoping there'd be a bounce back and that some of their players would turn up. And equally, they were absolutely terrible again. So they the trouble with Arteta is that it seems like there's no structure. There's no kind of formulaic plan at Arsenal. So lots of their main players, are, as I said, are either injured or are coming back from injury. They haven't really invested this summer. They've got lots of holes in their team. So lots of like small problems that have never been addressed from when players have left or things that have gone on. Um, and they've kind of got to this state where they're literally a club built on youth players. So their best players are their youth, which is fine. But when you need a, when you need a team to step up in a massive game or you need leaders, you can't rely on 18, 19-year-olds like Saka, um, like Smith Rowe to step up. Saka, yeah. he's so cute. That's like the... <laughs> That was like the England situation, wasn't it? They had so many young players, but they needed someone who was like a role model and a, an oldie who had that experience. Also, you said holy team, and I just thought of that holy cheese that Tom and Jerry like. <laughs> Quite that, is the be- that, that is the best football-related content I've ever heard. <laughs> also, see, I know a lot. I know a lot of things now. I know that Arteta. Yes. No previous management experience, a bit like Ted Lasso. Have you seen that show? Because you would love it. No, I, I've seen it advertised everywhere recently, but I've not Brilliant. watched it yet. Is it? Very, very good. We'll give it a watch for season. And then we come back series two and we can analyse Ted Lasso. Well, and then you'll recognise my um, my link there. Ah, okay, okay. I'll remember that. I want to pick it up for next time. Um, but yeah, I know, I know Arteta, I mean, 
he doesn't have any managerial experience. He's worked under Pep Guardiola, who's one of the best managers in the world at the moment. Um, so he doesn't know, you know, he does. he's a tactician. He knows things. But currently with Arsenal, it just feels like there's no long-term game plan. It's kind of they're taking it things week by week and it doesn't feel very strategic. But I know lots of Arsenal fans are quite angry. Um, last night they played, they beat West Brom 6-0 in the cup. But Arsenal's run, unfortunately, doesn't get any easier because on Saturday at half 12, they're playing Man City. So that... Oh, no. Yeah, so it could go from bad to worse at Arsenal. I mean, but Arsenal are seen as like... No, sorry to Arsenal fans because they're going to kick off here. But Arsenal fans are... Like, a lot of people pity them a lot yeah. of the time because they are re- like they're known for being rubbish. Yeah, absolutely. They are a banter club. Um, and you, say nine, you said 19 on table is not bad for now. If they're a top London team, which they're meant to be, that is low. Oh, it's terrible. To lose hope, to come into the, have the opening Premier League fixture, you are the opening team and your team performs so poorly against the side, which in reality, on paper, when compared team, team for team and player for player, like for like, they absolutely walk over the Brentford side. And yet they didn't turn up at all. You know, they got literally, you know, their team capitulated. And it's funny because at Boardmasters, there were hundreds of Arsenal fans wearing their Arsenal shirts on that Friday night. And, you know, I spoke to various Arsenal fans, oh, 3-0 Arsenal, you know, 5-0 Arsenal. We didn't have very much signal when we were there. And by the time the final set had ended on the Friday night, you know, we checked our phones and we could not believe they'd lost. I mean, it, like, the, the funny thing as well, hope to tell you, this is a good little fact. So... Man City and Tottenham both have documentaries that have been made about them and their clubs. And this season, Netflix, I think, uh, sorry, Amazon, I think, are recording a series with them um, where they're literally documenting everything that goes on at Arsenal. So currently, their opening two games have been losses (laughs) and they're 19th in the table. Their fans have all kicked off and have been rioting against the club. So I cannot wait for this documentary. I bet the producer is rubbing his hands together thinking, oh, yes, keep the drama coming. Like oh, I'm sure they're absolutely loving it. <laughs> oh, man. So that's Premier League. Is there anything else going on there? In terms of the Premier League? Yeah. Um, there's quite a lot to be fair. You know, West Ham are top of the table. I mean, you know, absolutely flying the hammers. Oh. Fair play to them. Hammers. <laughs> you do like making new chants. I love it. It's always the same. <laughs> the whole series has been my chant. <laughs> yeah. Mine's been ha and yours has been bizarre. <laughs> that is the highlight of the series. Can I just say, it only just clicked on me, just clicked on me. It's only just clicked now. The pennies only just dropped. They're called Hammers because it's West Ham. Yes, West Ham United. Right. And yeah. they're called the Irons because their logo are two irons. X Factor. Exactly. That's right. That's why all their fans make the, the cross sign because it's, it's, they're the Hammers, the Irons. I used to work at the Bat and Ball in Stratford and that's right near the West Ham Stadium. West Ham games were oh, so busy. Yeah, I can imagine. Any highlights? And if you were an away fan, you weren't allowed to come in. Oh, I'm not surprised. There'd be a fight. Yeah. yeah. Any highlights? Anything that kicked off ever? Any, like, any stories? There were, there, were, there, there were some fights. I mean, I can't tell you specific. I just remember once someone gave me 60 quid as a tip to look after them. Wow. So that was quite good. To clarify, by looking after, I mean like getting him beer quicker than anyone else, just to clarify. Oh, right. Because, so yeah, in my head, I'm picturing this sort of this frail person coming and please look after me. I'm scared. But no, okay, I understand. <laughs> yeah, to babysit. Yeah. 60 quid, that's quite decent to be fair. I need to, I need to get myself down to the bat and ball. No, it's good, isn't it? There we go. Wow, interesting. But there you go. So West Ham top of the table. So fair play to them. Um, but the Premier League keeps going. You know, football is back and I'm absolutely loving it. Whip, whip. And it's nice having crowds back. 
Exactly. That was our seeing West Ham win on Monday night against Leicester 2-0 and seeing their fans celebrate. So Mikel Antonio, their main striker, has become their all-time top goal scorer. And seeing the excitement in inside the London Stadium was just brilliant. And seeing fans back in any ground, hearing the noise, the you know, the vocals when a player gets like carded or whatever, there's a corner. So exciting. Great to see fans back in stadiums. It's a bit like, you know, when you're at school and someone gets told to go to the headmaster and everyone's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> when someone gets a red or yellow card, it's a bit like that, isn't it? It's always exciting. But on a, a thousand people scale, thousands exactly. and thousands of people scale. Loads, loads and loads and loads and loads and loads. Lewis, I don't know if you're talking about this next or in the episode today because we haven't actually had a debrief, but Paralympics is back. Ah, you beat me to it. Paralympics, exactly right. It is indeed back. Have you watched any of it? I haven't. I heard about the lady who got the gold medal. Um, there have been quite a few now. Oh, this is the first. She was the first person oh, to get yes. a gold medal. That was Sarah Story. That's it. What did she do? She won her 15th Paralympic title, which is insane. Um, and she is a cyclist. So she was in the C5 3000 meters individual pursuit. So it's basically when they go around on the track cycling um, and they basically have to go really, really speedy. Two things to say to you. <laughs> I always do that, don't I? Just to make sure that you know I've got two things. <laughs> <laughs> First thing, I live in Maidenhead and yeah. in the town centre there is a golden post box. Ah. And I looked at it, or me and my friend looked at it, and it's from a Paralympian. But I don't know who or what it was for, but it was Paralympics. Second wow. thing to say is that I was talking about this on my radio show this week, that there is a sport called wheelchair motocross. Amazing. And they're hoping... They're hoping to get it passed into the Olympics for 2024. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That sounds really, that sounds really, yeah, really, really cool. And one of the ladies who is campaigning for it to be put into the, to, into the like, schedule, um, she is the first British woman to ever do a 360-degree flip on a wheelchair. Hope, you've got all the facts for us down. I'm loving it. This is class. I know. I've transformed, haven't I? I've grown. Like, you know, like a little like a little caterpillar munching my way in episode one. And now I've come out of my pupa and I'm flapping. <laughs> flapping. This big butterfly, like, flying away. I know. I know my sports. <laughs> then what happens? So by episode, by series two then. So let's say that's 10 episodes time again. What are we saying? Because if you're a butterfly now, yeah, I mean. I'm to be eaten by a bird. <laughs> I'll be dead. Oh. So really, really optimistic then. <laughs> Unless we believe in reincarnation, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Crikey. But no, that's right. So the Paralympics is back. It's been very exciting. Um, and it, it is on for uh, about a week and a half, give or take. But yeah, it's really it's really exciting. And just I, I just cannot express how cool Paralympics is and just how amazing and inspiring it is. I actually went to the London 2012 Paralympics and I saw Ellie Simmons swim. And that is something that will stay with me forever. Just the atmosphere. And it's such a shame that there aren't there aren't crowds this year for both Olympics and Paralympics. It's such a shame because the atmosphere at the Paralympics when I went was like no other. I've experienced no atmosphere at a sporting event that was like that. I mean, it was just phenomenal. And it's lovely for, for young people as well. I mean, the Olympics is inspirational for, for people, young people anyway. But if you've got a disability and you're a young person, seeing people achieve that would be such a... I can imagine it would be such like a inspirational, motivational kind of push and reassurance as well, I imagine. I know. I mean, it was literally when I went, honestly, when I went and went in 2012 and I must have been, I can't, I know, nine years ago. Um, so I was yeah. 10. Four. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, I, I was six months. No, trouble with maths, right? Me and maths don't run, so it took me a while. Um, 
yeah no it was just to watch it and just to see these people who would literally compete you know with no arms or maybe even no legs and just would swim with that i mean it's absolutely amazing and it really is so inspiring because it goes to show it's like well then i can go and do anything because they're you know getting in the water or cycling whatever event it is and absolutely bossing it and i think as you said it's great for young people either with disabilities or without it goes to show you can do whatever you set your hopes on whatever your dreams are do you know what i think about professional or even amateur um sports people mm-hmm. is that yes the physical fitness incredible yeah. but the mindset you've got to have is what i really really respect because that has got to be a drive like nothing else no it's amazing isn't it and and just to to hear about athletes that have suffered injuries or athletes that have either had to stop training because of covid or whatever's happened this year you know, this has been the hardest year, I would say, for both Paralympians and Olympians and any sports people in general, really, because of the stops and starts that have continually happened. So to have that mindset to power on and to keep going and strive for gold or whatever you're aiming for is just fantastic. And it's been a it's been a really great time. And I'm, I'm a bit disappointed, though, that, you know, the Paralympics has had less hype than, say, other years. And I think, you know, it felt like there was a bit of a break between the Olympics and then the Paralympics. But it's so great to see uh, GB doing so well and us absolutely bossing it on the, uh, the medal table. Yeah, it should. It's it's a bit like um, men and women's football. The hype is very different, and it shouldn't be at no, all. No, absolutely. Um, with the Winter Olympics, I like watching that, like the bobsleighing. Yeah. <laughs> is that this year as well? No. So it's the twenty twenty two Winter Olympics. That is in Beijing, I believe. Well, fingers crossed. By that point, people will be able to be there. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, good couple of months, it should be okay. Let's hope people will be able to go. It'd be a real shame if not. But, you know, it's been a shame, I think, this Olympics, but it certainly will be memorable for the fact that there was nobody there, even though sporting events may be forgotten about because of this, you know, COVID and things going on. I think no one will ever forget the fact that there was an Olympics with absolutely no fans. That is something that will go down in history. I hope to wrap up this series, uh, season one of Sports for Dummies, we're going to talk about the 100 cricket. I'll be honest, Lewis, I have not got a clue about cricket or the 100 at all. Like you're okay. talking to a complete uh, blank slate here. Okay, so look, we'll give you we'll give you the as always, we'll give you the, the rundown, but it will do it in we'll do it in the most basic form. So basically, they came up with this idea, the people that the well, the cricket officials said, look, cricket's really long and it's not boring, but it can be quite tedious. For lots of people it is boring because you're sitting there for six or seven hours a day. You might not necessarily know what's going on. It's quite complicated to follow and understand if you don't know cricket. So they came up with this concept called the hundred, which is basically a two and a half hour cricket game. It's 100 balls per team. So basically it's this big spectacle. It's not like a long drawn out cricket game, which goes on for days and days. It literally is one day, two and a half hours. Um, There's a halftime show. When you watch it on the telly, if you watch any of the highlights, it's all bright colors. So it's green and pink and orange. And when someone hits a six, they'll be flashing on the screen that will say six. Or if you get... Yeah, it's, it, I think you'd really like it. Or if you get bowled out, say, so if the ball hits the stumps on the screen, it will come up like a bow, bow, and you'll have to leave. So it's quite, it's quite fun. Um, it kind of was targeting younger people because cricket is a much older sport. So it's a sport kind of, you know, it's a, a much more eccentric sport, if you will. The 100 was kind of taking this Americanized feel, kind of twisting it on its head and going, let's make it for kids. Let's make it a fun game to watch. Let's not make it this kind of long, drawn out spectacle. Let's actually make it a fun, really exciting thing. So, you know, in cricket, you might have, you know, 20 shots in a row, a defensive shot. So they're not going for it. But in the 100, because you've only got 100 balls to make the most runs you can, you have to absolutely slog it or hit it as hard as you can, which means that you see better shots, you see more exciting shots. Um 
and it is a really it's a really interesting concept so obviously it's just finished but actually it's been it's been a bit of a success it's hard to judge just yet whether it was good or bad um but it's really interesting because 20 percent of spectators were children and 21 percent of wow. tickets sold were actually bought by women so it's been really really great for the women's game so how it works is that in one day say so let's say we're playing at the oval you'd have the women's game first and then the men would come on and play afterwards. So you, you'd go and effectively watch two cricket games back to back. I've never seen women playing cricket on telly. When you watched the 100, you would. Lewis, I've got to say, I really regret that we didn't speak three weeks ago. I'm sad that you went off to Boardmasters, because if you told me about this, I would have bloody watched it. <laughs> now it's done. I know. Sorry, Hope. I know that is, it is, it is disappointing. But actually, when you watch it on the telly, honestly, it was brilliant. And I would, I would definitely go and recommend to watch the highlights. Sorry, we didn't get to talk about it before, but look, sometimes you have to reflect in hindsight and say it was fantastic. And this is one of those moments, isn't it? <laughs> it sounds a little bit like a less exaggerated, less Americanized um, Super Bowl. It's exactly that. That's exactly it. So as an example, when the men played on Saturday, so it was the final on Saturday, um, you know, Jax Jones had a DJ set at half time. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's quite fun. So it's like fun. It's this kind of fun feel. Of course, sort of more traditional older cricket fans have argued it's not what cricket lives up to and it's kind of, it's bending the rules a bit to an extent. But it has been brilliant, you know. Actually, a stat that was reported was 1.6 million people watched the opening, which broke the record for the, a women's cricket match. The opening women's cricket match had 1.6 million viewers. The next aim needs to be to get it over the viewings for the Love Island start or final. <laughs> that's what i want to see i tell you what well the fact that love island's still going on hope is a disappointment in itself so no, love, oh the, uh, okay i thought you meant this series not that i watched it can i just say i didn't watch it i've got a fiat 500 that's as basic as i need to be <laughs> lewis before we say goodbye for the end of the series i feel a bit sad about that i know actually. it's sad isn't it it is a bit sad i mean i haven't seen you for three weeks getting used to it not being able to see you for a bit <laughs> <laughs> um Tyson Fury, he's gone into yes. hiding. Well, I say hiding, he's come off social media because he's in training camp ready for his fight against yeah. Don Deontay Wilder. Boom. Exciting. Do you think, it, do you think the fight's going to happen, though? Oh, why wouldn't it happen? Well, there was loads of talk, Hope, saying it wasn't going to happen because of COVID and all this stuff. I don't really know. I am hoping, I am desperate for this fight to happen. I cannot explain. That is something that we've been looking forward to all summer as, as boxing sports fans. If it didn't happen, I'd be gutted. But the fact that Mr. Fury has disappeared off social media, is buried in his hole, that's a good sign. The reason you want the game so much, is that because you want to see the rematch of these two or is it because you want to see Fury and AJ? That's because I really want to see Fury and AJ. That's the, I knew it. <laughs> that's the thing. I, if I'm honest with you, I don't care. Oh, I do care. I'm lying, I do care. I am not as thrilled about Wilder versus Fury as I would be with Wilder and AJ. Everyone... Sorry, Fury and AJ. Everybody knows that Fury and AJ would be the biggest fight of the century. Like it would be. They would earn so much oh, money. Absolute. They would earn stacks of cash. So it's like a bit of a teaser, isn't it? This Wilder versus Fury fight is a bit like, ooh, like you know, like it's like poking. It's poking the boxing fans, going, "Ha ha! It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen." And then when it does happen, it will completely kick off. So it's definitely a great way to build hype, I would say. Um, but let's just hope that whatever happens from it the next fight happens which would be yeah i'm not weird. a fan of i'm not a fan of wilder not based on his sport it just seems a little bit like a bit cocky yeah i don't like him at all i the way he talks in interviews he kind of acts he's very he's very yeah. he's a big showman 
It's like be you gotta be a, like a little bit arrogant, I suppose, for the the, the media yeah. in that world because you've got to be a little bit like, oh, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I'll be great, by the way. Um, but then there's like there's a level. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like Fury does that well. He's like he is a, a lad and he's a nice oh. man. Absolute champion. And it's the way, you know, you call him, like calling everyone a big dosser and like, you know, marching about saying he's the best, but he doesn't overdo <laughs> it. Whereas he's class. Whereas when you listen to someone like Wilder, really cocky, he's a bit like Conor McGregor, you know, always talking about himself, always bigging people up. And yeah. I think. Like I don't a little, like little yappy dog, like shut up. Yeah, annoying. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Fury, you've got the bulldog. Like he's like this night, you know, he's a fun guy, but actually his yeah. story, where he came from, exactly. <laughs> I can imagine like plodding along like one of them little dogs with a squishy face. Blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> Hello, I'm Fury. Blah, blah, blah. Like... That, look, do you know what? I'm, I'm, we're going to leave that one right now. <laughs> Lewis, best moment for you of the series? Wow. Big question right there, Hope. Big question. I would say, I mean, look, there have been many. There have been funny moments. There have been quite some. There were some deep moments. But the moment I would say that will encapsulate season one or series one for me always will be after the Euro 2020 final, which was such a disappointment. Um, and of course, that is a memory that everyone will remember this summer when we got to the final and it all fell apart. And actually, the reaction afterwards from those horrible racist fans, but the unity afterwards. And I will just, I will forever remember recording this podcast um, and talking about it and just the reactions from friends and family saying how positive it was um, and just how great it was in terms of everybody coming together, supporting each other and saying that love will win and that racism will never win and will be stamped out one day. That is just something that will stick with me forever um, and was a really powerful moment in my life. You're going to make me cry. And my best moment is not serious, deep or lovely like yours. That's all right, though. It can be funny. You know, it can be funny. <laughs> I'm living up to my sports. I'm living up to the dummy, the, the, my dummy role. I'm living up to it right now because my highlight is you saying bizarre. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Well, how bizarre <laughs> was that then? Hey. And also your joke is not landing. It's also very funny. Oh no, I know what my, to be fair, if we're talking funny moments, right, one, and I don't want a big question, but this is the one funny moment I will never get over was when I thought the Miller Corner joke was unbelievable. Abs- I thought that was proper goat tier, like that was upper echelon banter. Goat tier? Yeah, goat tier. So you might say, you might refer to it as, you might say, oh, I don't know, oh, um, uh, that song is goat tier because it's amazing. Right, I know we're both Gen Z, but it's different. This is not the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I refuse to accept that I am the same generation as you because that is, I'm an old lady compared to you. Anyway. But look, I thought that joke was unbelievable and it literally went whoop, straight over your head. I've never, I've never had a joke that I thought I was going to be like, get in, that is a proper decent joke. And you just didn't have a clue. Did you even write it down? No, no, that's really keen. That's yeah, too far. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 I did not write yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone listening at home, please tell us what your highlight's been of the series. You can get on get on touch, get in touch on Twitter, dummies underscore sports, or email us at sportsfordummiespodcast at gmail.com. Please hit us up, DM us, whatever you're gonna do, let us know how or what you thought of the series, how everything is going with maybe your sports team, and let us know any sports you want to cover next year. Any things we've missed, any topics we've spoken about, um, that we or any topics we haven't spoken about that you've gone, ah, oh, you missed that. That was really important. Please let us know. And any feedback would be amazing, and we really appreciate all of your responses. We're gonna have a short little break, but we'll be back in a few weeks to go again with series two. Bye-bye, Lewis. See you later, Hope. Let's go for season two.
Social Podcast Network.